This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to the Book of Bonnick, the Space Waffles Book of Boba Fett recap show. I'm Arzu. And I'm Candace. And with us today, we have two of our fellow waffles. We have Norhal. Hello there. And Maggie. <laughs> Hello. Based on the title, I think you can all guess sort of what our common interest is here, but this is obviously not the focus of the show. We are going to be talking about the show as a whole and not just zeroing in on our new ship. Not new. We pioneered this a year ago. But like, it's new. excuse me. No, but it's excuse new me. to the public eye. Yes, yes. Um, because... If they had eyes, they would have noticed it back in, in the tragedy Mandalorian no. season two. But I'm very happy that if you are on the good ship bonnick that you are here with us now welcome it is a great ship to be on but we're gonna dive into the episode and we'll talk about the ship maybe later all right so maybe maybe it'll just weave in through the whole thing maybe i'll just go through my detailed list about why bonnick is canon after this episode aired you know yeah i mean that's a good list that is a good list but let's let's kick things off with like Let's just go through the episode, and as we get there, Candace, if your list becomes relevant, you bring up that list. It's always relevant. So what were your initial thoughts watching, like, the first episode of Book of Boba Fett, which we have been counting down for for a year, which I think is a surprise to anybody who knew us prior to... A surprise, to be sure. Prior to the tragedy. <laughs> In the end. Uh, I loved it. Um, I am a, a sucker for flashbacks. Um, you know, one of the maybe more controversial opinions, but I think flashbacks can be uh, really interesting when employed correctly. And I liked how it feels like that's how they're perhaps setting up this entire series that we're going to see more of these flashbacks, maybe of his time with the Tuscan Raiders, maybe when he rescued Fennec. Um, and I just think that it's, it's a slightly different way of storytelling that we haven't exactly seen in Star Wars yet. And it was also extremely subdued, which I appreciated. I know everybody always wants gunslingers and lightsabers and gun battles and all the fun stuff. But I liked that this was very much a character-driven episode that focused more on Boba finding himself again. I really appreciate that we got a, some answers to things that we were wondering ever since we saw that quick cameo of him at the end of season two premiere of The Mandalorian. Like, mm -hmm. how's he alive in this um, canon? You know, like, is it like Pat Patton Alves Walt's <laughs> long speech in shot Parks and Rec? Shot. It's amazing. Or is it like Robot Chicken? Um, there's a Boba Fett's like dream sequence of what he thinks is ha gonna happen. You know, he just powers out of the Sarlacc pit and he like <laughs> makes that with Princess Leia. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah, and the imagery was really powerful to see him uh, throwing his fist from the sand mm -hmm. and going up of the Sarlacc. And I agree with Maggie that uh, the flash was was very well delivered. That we had this perspective, but not the whole episode, all through the episode, having as mm -hmm. a flashbacks, and also to see how the the surviving the Sarlacc helped uh, Boba Fett, but we can see still the the consequences, the, the effects on him because he's still on the back of the tank. So I, th mm -hmm. I thought it was it was very well delivered. And from the from the title, The Strangers in a Strange Land, um, I don't know. It, personally, I felt like 
it was a little bit a lot of Egyptian stones on the both in the music and the imagery. Obviously, Tatooine is sand, but there were a lot of knots to to that that I I I, I thought I saw there. Mm-hmm. I. I agree with Candace and that I like that we got the answers to the questions. And I want to add that I like we got the answers quickly. Yes. Like how he yeah. escaped the Sarlacc is not the central it's mystery of the season. It's not a mystery. It's just, nope. He turned on the flamethrower. He punched his way out. The end. Like we're moving on from the Sarlacc. And Simple. now it's, it's not how did you survive? It's how did you thrive? Essentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. How did you come to thrive? And I, I appreciated that. And I appreciate the flashbacks because if you know me, you know I like my Tusken Raiders. The closest thing Star Wars has given me to representation, which we can unpack another day. But oh, it's really sad. I like the Tusken Raiders. Yes. It's really sad, Arzu. So, it is devastating. But what else yep, do I have? So, so yeah. So I, I appreciated that. And I like that we are getting this backstory and I agree with Maggie and that I do think that they're setting up this sort of this to be a season long structure. And I think that's going to be interesting. I think people are going to be possibly not pleased with that, but I'm pleased with it. So I'm excited. It very much feels like a book, like yeah. telling a story. Like this is the story of how, how he got to this point. Like we're going to do a little flashback and then we're going to jump to the present and it's going to mirror. The like, testing part were... is the part in italics. This is how exactly. Boba Fett became Boba Fett. Yeah. He was always trying to be like Django, you know, be this bounty hunter like his father. But now he's going to be just Boba. Going to be yes. his own man. And I, I thought that it was really interesting how they chose the first shot that we see in his dreams is uh, Camino and the water. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you see through the whole episode, he's like, he even asked for water to the guy, to the kid, the teenager, the Tuscan teenager yeah. who was... Uh, to, uh, asking them to get the water, uh, the 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 things, the water, the little plant. water pods that somehow pods, are big. Yeah. The moisture farming, the moisture farming. Yeah. This is what they're farming. This is what Luke yeah. was farming. Literally, like, I figured oh they God. were eggs of some kind. But that's my that's what like all of the like I love Norhal that you pointed out like this water motif mm-hmm. throughout like that this sort of being like a turning point i guess in boba's life like camino being the turning point and the back to tank and the water pods and the moisture farm and all of that but my question this is such a pedantic wikipedia question but i just don't know it is what are those water pods i thought they were eggs of some kind i think i saw them first on the journal of ben kenobi and the comics that actually ben kenobi was uh there was a drought when Luke was re- uh, like a kid and uh, they were having a lot of trouble farming moisture and uh, he walked, he went to Moise Heisley and he was in one of the panels, he's offering this water pot, but uh, actually in the Mandalorian season two in the Cobb Band episode he mentioned like, oh, they're, they're stinky, they're disgusting but it's water, it's the source of water or maybe right. I'm confusing, but yeah. No, I'm I mean, gonna look I, it up right now because I want to see. I'm, yeah. I'm like this. This is niggling something in my head that I vaguely remember this. But I, I don't think you're wrong because they did have that sort of drink thing when when Cobb Vanth was there. And now I'm wondering if that's the same thing. Although that would be interesting if like this was something that tied into the Journal of Ben Kenobi. If they then decide to sort of tie back to this in in Obi Wan Kenobi, oh. and we sort of because you know how Star Wars is told out of order. <sighs> so if we see these being set loose 
in the wastes in Kenobi and then flash forward to Boba Fett and here people are digging them up. I don't know. I think that would be interesting. So on the on the subject of moisture though, while we're while we're looking to see what the pods are about, is the the tagging that they did at the moisture farm that was being that was being raided. Oh, I thought this was gonna get dirty. No. <laughs> no, dark. this is not after dark. But the um <sighs> the tagging is not something we have seen before. No. It was very no. Sabine-esque though, except the murder. Except Sabine would never. Yeah, Sabine would never. So I'm wondering if that is his reoccurring Tuscan motif is these is these raiders with the, with the little V tags on the wall. Easily. We'll I have theories about that. What, what are they? Mm. Well, I just I it's based off of the trailers and what we know maybe is going to happen with them recanonizing like Cammy, um, which right, I'm right, right. happy about. Um maybe like leading them to the Tashi station because those same people appear to be attacking them in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like, I'm such a like on the fence about like fan service. And I feel like that's one of those moments of points of fan service that actually serve the plot because it does, it, it does recontextualize Tatooine and the people that we are familiar with on Tatooine. And I love any time that there's opportunities to bring stuff that like previously got cut out of Star Wars back into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, with the flashbacks in this first episode, what's interesting is that they really neatly mirror what's happening in the present because we see that he doesn't want to torture people, people he doesn't want to hurt people, and we see him be brutalized when he is taken by the Tuscans, and then we see him learn that like helping other people. Um, get you rewarded in the end uh, and treat it well. And so I think it it was neat how they showed that with his character and kind of mirrored that. So it makes me wonder if we're going to see more of him like doing good works. (laughs) Yeah, because (laughs) not great works, but good ones. I think good works. Think about this guy who was like raised by like after his father died, Arara Singh like took over raising him, this crazy, crazy bounty hunter. And like, Vader has to tell him no disintegration when he gives no him a job. Disintegration. <laughs> like yep. he was in a he was a brutal guy, like yeah. like prior to all this. So And then I'm, he's like, Finnick, alive. <laughs> I love I how she's like, Can I murder a little? And he's like, <laughs> just one. Just, just one. a little murder. Just a few. Just no. She really looked between the two and was like, mm, mm, I don't need you. <laughs> she's like, he's closer to the ledge. Let me just just help you over yeah he said alive he didn't say how many so i just love that like he had to tell her that like you know we gotta like interrogate one of them and it feels like a conversation they've had before oh yeah they've had so many conversations he didn't give her context he just said alive in that way that like you stress to somebody when you've told them something something before and they maybe didn't (laughs) listen to you then you're like i cannot stress this enough we need one of them alive yeah, we and know she's they have all about marketing in this episode. She's like, you know, you should like murder someone because that's what they used to do and that's what they know of, you know. <laughs> the whole time she's like, what if we just did a murder? <laughs> <laughs> just like just one. But two. that does that and does one. bring up an interesting point in that like of the two of them, granted Fennec is much newer, but in the I guess popular fandom imagination, Boba is the aggressive one. He is the the brutal one, the disintegrating one and we don't know much about Fennec other than uh, everybody is scared of her. 
but it is she interesting was, to she like was, she was kid. good to the kid she was, she was good, good to Omega. She was good to Omega, but like other, but like that's baby her. Fennec, and then grown up Fennec is like scary enough that she was hired Mando to was do terrified. it to protect her. Exactly. So this is like the opinion. It was an okay kidnapping. In. It was just like a, a little kidnapping, just like a little murder. Hey, she like bought her a snack or something, didn't she? Yeah, no, she stole a snack. Yeah. She still got snack, the yeah. kid a snack. Stole the melons. Yeah. Responsible babysitting. <laughs> but then, that's, like, I need to know if in a quiet moment. After a nice soothing bath and a back to tank, <laughs> Finnick's just like, you know, you don't have a sister. <laughs> I would oh, I would love to please. watch this conversation. I hope please. this hasn't happened because I want to watch this conversation unfold. Oh my god, you know what, what if the mayor's Omega? <laughs> I think it's that weird alien <laughs> the, in the Ithorian. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm just yeah, joking because yeah. some people were like Who's, who's this mystery? Mayor? Who's the mayor? I'm I like, know. Like he's in the trailer. There's a subtitle. <laughs> But but yeah, so Fennec and Boba, mm-hmm. I do think it is interesting. I'm gonna just go back to this that she is the one who is like sort of seems to have a better sense of how all this works, and he's just like peace and love though, and she's like alternatively murder, murder and intimidation, and y'all know we ship them. Yeah, but I think Boba, but I there's think such Boba... a tension there. Oh. I find like well, I'm interested how... to see this tension explored. I think it's interesting, and not to knock the guys in the fandom, but everybody thinks that she's going to, like, turn on him. And I'm like, you you can disagree with somebody on their practices and not, like, be secretly plotting to kill them. Like, I've seen so many people like, Finn going to kill Boba. I what? Like, I have what not seen that. Oh, my life. God. I could see, like, a, a mid-story arc, like, let's say they decide to do a second season, then at the end of this season or halfway through this season or whatever, where she's, like, disillusioned by the way he's doing things. Mm-hmm. and decides it's also like, gonna bite them in the butt 100 percent. i don't yes. i don't think necessarily that they're gonna be on the same page the whole time she might of branch out she might try to do things on her own she might do some murder she might she <laughs> might be like you know what i'm gonna start my own crime syndicate so i can do a murder but that doesn't mean <laughs> she's gonna like kill boba so she can then sit on the throne because that is such a simplistic way of looking at things she's already on the throne she's yeah. fine exactly. and i don't think she's like power hungry like that not like yeah. that and and we also we have to consider this uh boba his flashbacks were around return of the jedi which is like if not if i'm not wrong it's like five years five years earlier yeah yeah, yeah. so he's already has his time when maybe he was a ruthless guy maybe he had to adapt to the style disintegrating people and such but then obviously it come uh, spending time with the tuscan raiders and that transformed him into this mm. point of I tend to rule with the respect and but Fennec she's like I don't he know hasn't had that. exactly so and you know, I would like you know to say else? go ahead oh. just want to say I think Boba knows how things are run he's just like I don't want to do it that way like yeah. he's been around Jabba's pas- palace he's worked for Jabba for years he used to he used to work for Doc what's his face the the Trandoshan he used to work for him it's not like he doesn't yeah. Yeah. he doesn't know how it oh, works yeah. but like he is so determined to do things differently that, like, the mayor's aide and Fennec and the droid, like, 88, they're all trying to sort of steer him back to that. And he's just like, no, I'm okay. I want to wind them and dine them and make them love me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we see uh, in this episode that that actually works with the the guards. Like, the yeah. guards he could have killed. Oh, Yeah. Uh, because they, they were haul still... his butt back to the back to tank like they were good little 
Yeah. They could have left him. They could have, you know, killed him too. You know, like, but it worked, at least in that regard. You know what flashback we also get? What? And I'm confident it's going to happen. Cobb Vamp. Because they're going to fill in the how, why he never went and got the armor. Like he knows Cobb Vamp had it, but he didn't get it. Get it. And I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that he, like, sees Cobb using it to protect their village or their test city. I don't know what they call it. It's a village. Uh, their, little like, no, they, their little strip. Their little place. strip of building. Most Pelgo. Yeah, most Pelgo. Uh, I hope that he, like, is, like, planning to go get his armor back. Like, he's he's gonna do it. And then he, like, sees him do a good thing and, like, protect his people. And he's just like, Okay. Also, he sees how good he looks in it too. He's like, okay, well, he can have it for a little I mean, bit longer. If if that's the flashback that winds up happening, y'all y'all know that this is what I thought was going to happen. Told y'all this last year, so I will let out an ungodly yell if that's what happens. I will come undone. <laughs> like, yes. I'm just, I'm so excited at the, pro- and I never thought I would be so excited at the prospect of seeing flashbacks of Boba Fett's life, but there's like this period of time between coming out of the Sarlacc pit and the, the tragedy that there is so much potential for really good character development. And if yeah. they're bookending that with what's happening in the present, there's so much good storytelling. And I just, I, I trust Robert Rodriguez Please. so much. Yeah, because <laughs> you that think man. about like in the tragedy... He's just trying to get his suit back. And then he finds like the kid's been kidnapped, Grogu. And he's like, we'll help you. And you're like, what? What? From the from the minute he shows up, it is very clear. Like, you know, the ship flies in and everybody's thinking, okay, here's Boba Fett with the disintegrations. And then the like second thing out of his mouth is, let's talk it out. First thing out of his mouth is a threat. But then after that, yeah. he's like, he's like, she's he's got like, her the kid. kid. Yeah, but yeah, the second thing he's not like, going to Fennec's no, going yeah, to Fennec's, right. Fennec's like yes I get to do a murder but <laughs> his next thing is like let's just talk it out and then yeah. makes a makes a promise that in exchange for his armor the kid will be safe the kid isn't safe he's like well I got my armor but your kid's not safe so he has a code he is sticking to mm-hmm. it just reread all yeah. of this and <laughs> it like re- re-jogged all of my memory of the, how that scene goes down and it's so funny because like Din's because he's like, I want the armor. And Din's like, you're going to take this armor from my dead body. And he's like, can we just talk? Yeah. He's like, I want my armor. Exactly. <laughs> and also Maggie's talking down. about the junior novelization. Yes. So, oh, yes. Yeah. But yeah. Because uh, I when I saw that, I was like, that's interesting. He's like that now. Because, you know, last time we really saw him talk, I mean, other than the OG trilogy, which he just gets a handful of lines. He's he's businessman Boba. Yeah, you know that. He's not good dead to me and stuff like that. Well, because he yeah, wasn't we, the he wasn't the focus then. Yeah, yeah. We just saw him in Clone Wars as like a really angry teenager. Um, I appreciate them showing how the Jawas got the armor off of him because I was like, how did they get that from him? Even man like is no, unconscious. They yeah. like knocked him out. A little Jawa knocked out Boba Fett, <laughs> but like he had been through a lot. I that Jawa got lucky. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I gotta say that the cantina or the this establishment they went yes, to the sanctuary, sanctuary, really I cool love that place. Oh my god! I think that's like of all the cantina dive bar whatever that we've seen. I think that one is my favorite. 
I know. And I like the, well, we saw uh, Max Rebo playing with one of the Cantina bands, guys. Yeah. And yeah, with this That Latin. was a cover band, I swear. Yes. <laughs> Somehow Max Rebo returned. It had the the mariachi feel to it. And I just yes. I know that Robert is the one who did that. Cause like he's such a musician. Like, you know, he was like, we have to, he survived. Lovely. Like we have to have Max Rebo. That just makes and me Max- think of Robert Rodriguez like playing guitar with Grogu. Oh, jamming yeah. behind yeah. the scenes. So cute. Yeah. But like is I don't know, it's the one sort of establishment we see that like they have a cover band. They have fake plants inside. Their their interior walls are not just whatever you see in the exterior. Like they made an effort to make the place look nice. They have they central have, air conditioning. They have central air conditioning. I could not explain why that tweet popped off, but it did. They have central air conditioning. They have like, you know, I don't outside of Canto Bite, I don't think we've seen any sort of cantina location where it is a bar. Yeah. And a gambling hall. And they probably have other things going on. Cause like if you see when they walk out, that building is huge. Like they'll polish things. your helmets. They'll polish That's your helmets. Nice. Make them some shinier than others. Like, and we finally got a. What was was that the first male Twi'lek that we've seen other than, um, Cham. Um, but in live Fortuna? action. Yeah, live action. Yes. Yeah. Other than just being in the background of like the prequels, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, but he's only yeah. not in the background in that, like, like he still doesn't have a name. No, but it's a little bit more. Than- <laughs> it's better than nothing. Yeah. But speaking speaking of Twi'leks, we have Garcelle Whip played by Jennifer Beale. And I just Queen. deeply appreciate that the three major, like, characters that we are dealing with are all actors who are between the ages of 58 and 61. I like that. Like, yeah. especially for, like, a sci-fi property coming out now, like, under, you know, a big IP umbrella, that is not a given. So it is. All three are nice also people of color, which is very exciting. Very nifty, and I appreciate that. I love how Jennifer Bill didn't know what she was filming. She how did she not know what she was filming with that makeup on? I know. Well, she knew it was a Star Wars. And Boba she... Fett standing in front of her. I don't know what they told her. Oh. They really were like, here's tomorrow Morrison. He's not playing Boba Fett. Also, I, I find that I just find that hard to believe because literally everybody involved knew that the book of Boba Fett was happening at the end of the Mandalorian. So uh, the backs of their chairs say the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, so there's a lot of merch. Their <laughs> it scripts, wasn't like it was a secret. Their scripts say the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. We've I she maybe she did, had, maybe like, she meant she didn't know what she was auditioning for and okay. it somehow got misinterpreted as her not knowing that she was filming mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yeah, maybe or she doesn't misquote. actually have any real care for Star Wars and thus did not know she was in a Star Wars. It could it could also be that she just didn't have the rest of the script. She just had her bit. Yeah. yeah. So she doesn't have the larger yeah. context. Doesn't she say Boba Fett? <laughs> she says Lord Fett a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I think that maybe that quote got misinterpreted. Yeah, like I just it wouldn't be it, the first time. Maybe yeah. she just didn't know what she was auditioning for because I just yeah. can't picture like going in and sitting down and getting all that makeup put on you and not like something, you know, as like a droid is there and Max Rebo's over there and this dude in Mandalorian armor is standing in front of you, like being like, yeah. oh, "Is this a fan film?" <laughs> like, 
even like even if you're not super into Star Wars, I guess even just the helmet shape that Boba is holding is like it's on stuff. Especially Boba Fett is on a lot of merchandise. And we knew but... that the book of Boba Fett was happening before production began. Okay, so mm-hmm. Beale said to um um said, I knew about the character, but this is how good they are at lockdown of secrets. Even when I first stepped on the set, I didn't realize I was in the book of Boba Fett. I just knew I was getting to be part of the story. So what does that she, mean? I'm guessing what she got there, she realized, but she just knew she cast on a Star Wars project. Doesn't she have to sign a contract? Yeah. You would yeah. have to put the name you have to put the name of the production in your contract. I know it used a different co- it, it used a code name. I can't remember the code name was um cuz Obi-Wan Kenobi was Joshua Tree. But even then when you use code names cuz we used a code name for Wonder Woman and we still had to put Wonder Woman down. We knew what we were filming once we were there. It had a code name for everything else, but we still had to put Wonder Woman down on our contracts where we didn't Yeah, pay. like the the yeah. code name is used on like filming notices. Like if you're shutting down a neighborhood, then the filming notice let's say it's Kenobi, it'll be like the movie Joshua Tree is filming, blah, 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 just so people don't swarm it. But, like, le- like your legal contract has to have the name of the show on it. Well, maybe it's just managers who does all the signing for her. It's unless she legal. means, like, when she came to set for – because they do on-set auditions. So maybe when she went oh, to the, the studio and didn't realize what it was Which for, so maybe was? she saw something. That yeah. could be. Yeah. I don't know where their casting offices are. If they, maybe they brought her like for a. Are they using the volume on this one? They yeah. are, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You could tell that with Tatooine. Yeah. So if they're using. Oh, yeah. Like, especially that, that outside stuff. So, like, if they brought her onto the volume for a test, like her knowing that they're using it for more than one Star Wars production, she might not have maybe. known which one it was until, yeah. until she saw it. Which, that given the sense. way things get locked down, I would totally believe. Because, wait. So they asked her, I know there's not much you can say about your character. But did you know a lot about her at first? And she says, are you kidding me? I mean, I knew about the character, but this is how good they are at the lockdown of secrets. Even when I first stepped onto the set, I didn't realize I was in the book of Boba Fett. I just knew I was getting to be part of the story. Yeah, I don't get... That doesn't make sense. Maybe she was just trying to give them a good quote for their answer. Maybe because she, maybe she, her character has a bigger part and she just wanted to leave it focused on that. Oh, and yeah, not. maybe she's in another Star Wars thing already. Oh. And she, or, I mean, she got theoretically, signed. she could have got be in Kenobi. In Kenobi, yeah. yeah. She has to be revealed. All. That's true. She could. Wouldn't be. it be hilarious that like maybe she got she got cast for Kenobi and she was doing mm-hmm. that and they're like, hey, we need you on this other thing. Like, come over here. Because, mm. like, the sanctuary is such a cool location. I feel like yeah. you have to come back to that. And, and it's most espa. And that so. looks like a set. That doesn't look like a, like, so they Yeah, they wouldn't build it, it if they were just going to use it a ah. little bit. If they're going to use it a lot. <gasps> I mean, like, we know, we know the, the Lars the residence and, and, by extension, the Kenobi one is not super close to Mos Espa, but I but, don't think, that, like, Kenobi's just sitting at home all day. So, no, that would be a very that would be a very boring TV series. This I would movie. watch him read a book for eight hours. <laughs> oh, could he read it out loud? Oh, I know. But yeah, maybe she's in Kenobi. Maybe she's in season three of The Mandalorian. We that's, that's true. don't know. She yeah. could be like maybe in like still. Uh, maybe she's in Ahsoka. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? It's oh the Garza Flips cinematic universe. There you go. 
it's her world and we're just living i am still waiting for den just to be in the background somewhere Sobbing his eyes out of his crying. (laughs) I hope that boy has gone to Sorgan. He took his helmet off. He needs to have a good time. He just (laughs) he needs he needs to like process like Boba and Finnick find him like a therapist on Tatooine and just like, you know, talk it out. Boba's like, Do you want to talk about it? And Fennec's like, Do you want to pull yourself together? Like (laughs) (laughs) Boba's like, we should talk. I have some dreams that nightmares have been having. You can talk about your and feelings. Fennec's like, your not son. the dreams again. Fennec's like, the let's again. murder. Fennec's like, there are people in the lobby who need our attention. <laughs> but said, can we talk about how, like, anyways, <laughs> how, like, Boba, Boba's been talking to Fennec about his nightmares. I know. So she's just like, can we just do murder? He's been I, trusting okay. her. In rewatching it, though, I did notice that he says this to her. She takes a minute nods and then says there's people downstairs so she's like she's taking it on board she's yeah. like okay i also we can unpack like... this later and it yeah. also feels like one of those things where like maybe she doesn't know how far she's supposed to ask questions about these things <laughs> like she's like you will tell me if you want to say what your dreams are about so like that was enough acknowledgement like okay you had dreams again Move well, on. i feel like or he's already like, told her like yeah. the content of the dreams and like it hasn't changed so He's like, the dreams are back. So this is the same dream I told you about la- yeah. like two days ago. So Implying she's just like, okay. That noted. they've shared a bed and he's woken up from those dreams and, you know, they've. Like, this is I an know. absolute pillow talk conversation. I know. I'm just like, let hey, me I'm know if saying, it's a dirty dream. Couples having nightmares and the other one being there to soothe them is like my favorite trope. Okay. I one want, of them. I have many favorite tropes. I want this. <laughs> I am not saying I want anything that you couldn't put on Disney Plus, anything M-rated, R-rated, what I not what I am saying. Wanda and Vision were in a bed together and it was implied if, that they were doing hanky panky. Yeah, implied. Yeah. He said so he wanted to get a leg it, over. But <clears throat> I would like to I would like to see some like if if they are together and they're not building up to them getting together, because I'm assuming it's one or the other, if they're already together, I would love to see this kind of like pillow talky nightmare slash soothing conversation like whatever i would love to see this eternals will eventually be streaming or actually yeah. is it streaming on was... disney plus oh that's yeah. true that's true they that's true a, they had it's coming out january 12th okay so or so it'll come out on january 12th and whatever episodes after that will get bonic they'll yeah be like, because they, they paved the way for we have in the trailer them looking out on a balcony together where does that balcony come from is that the romance like their balcony it's the romance balcony they're going to kiss on the balcony feel. and every single person on this panel is going to be absolutely unbearable when that happens. Oh, oh, I have a question. Every single- yes. Okay. About the throne. They're like, oh, that's Jabba's throne. I'm like, how did he sit in it? Oh, it, it, the throne is like metaphorical. Like it, okay. the dais was Jabba's, but the chair is new. Yeah. And that was yeah. Fortuna's. Yeah. Fortuna's. Okay. But they mean like Jabba's throne in, in the sense of Jabba's seat of power. Okay. Not the literal. Chair. Someone's like, he sat there. Like, no, he didn't. Nah. Folded it's himself. Get that. Yeah. Okay. Here's a few Bonac things. Yes. Um. Okay. So he's called Lord and she's called Lady. You know, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. just saying. Um, there. there. There is more of sitting on the throne together. I'm just saying. The throne is also called his lap. Um. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah. Um. He's also okay with her being there, like when he's like super vulnerable in that back to tank, which yep. I think is just you know and, that just shows and the his trust. boxers, yeah. proof of trust. Yes, of trust. and she didn't seem all that phased. Like I mean, no. she did turn around to let him get dressed, like. But politely. that's because there wasn't but time for sexy times. 
That's yeah. true. But she does not seem faced by the fact that the man is in his underwear. Meaning Mm-mm. she has seen this before. Yes. Many times. Exactly. Yeah. Many times. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, average day for her. <laughs> it's hard to see other people. They work really dreams. well together. Like, they have, like, a, like, they're fighting together. I know Arzu doesn't like the fight scenes. But. I, these fight scenes are short. <laughs> okay. Like, Can I just say? The length of this episode is the length of a fight scene in your average action movie. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like, this was two minutes. I watched it happily. So many people on Twitter have been complaining about this fight scene being a terribly choreographed fight scene. And I am here to say, yeah. And I am here to I'm say so that this television series was filmed during a pandemic. It would be unsafe of them to have up close hand-to-hand combat. They may do with what they could, and they created a very nice fight sequence where there was a six feet apart difference between every single person. They had a formation that was six feet apart. If you go through it, it is mm-hmm. measured out. They had to have worked with somebody who was a COVID advisor working with a choreographer to figure out what they could do that would look good. They literally had shields. They have masks on. They have masks. Everybody They're wearing masks. Yeah. Panic, he's wearing a face mask. Exactly. And they're all six feet apart. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was interesting. It was just, different. That's like, yeah. I didn't even think about that part. I just thought it was a cool different way of seeing a fight scene in Star Wars instead of just blasters or just hand and in lightsabers. hand lightsabers. Yeah. But the shields were like, because, you know, we've seen shields so many times. Yeah. The thing is, these this this kind of fight scene the is kind of like, because it is a quick one that like serves its purpose. Mm-hmm. We see that like somebody's after them. We get that. We get the fact that Boba is still quite vulnerable and needs to be taken mm-hmm. back to the back to tank. Mm-hmm. We see the vulnerabilities in his armor. We see Fennec's vulnerabilities because she gets dropped on her ass a couple times. And then we get to see her like parkour up a building and get her and get the like witness slash assassin to bring him back. Those were the beats that needed to be hit. Those are the only beats they hit. They yeah. didn't extend the brawl we also for an extra got 10 minutes. Boba and Fennec working well together. Yeah, and we got and to I see that. I think also, like, the issue with the Finnick was, like, she was trying to protect Boba, and that's why she got hurt, but handed to her for a second. You know, like, that kind of thing. And it, it did a really interesting thing, too, where, like, up until this point, you know, you've got their little, like, jokey-jokey banter in the throne room, but otherwise, it's usually her telling him, like, try it this way. Do it this way. You should probably mm-hmm. consider doing it this way. And this is all she's been doing. But then the minute there's a threat, they're united front. So, like, yes. her... Her advice is not her trying to undermine him or, God, I don't know, kill him. Like, this is not her aim. It's She's not just trying to, her you know. Advice, her advice isn't to undermine him at all. It's to protect no. him. Exactly. Because she's just worried that yeah. people are going to see him as weak and try to murder him. When she's like, I'm the only one supposed to be murdering other people. Not, you know, supposed to be murdering you. Yeah, like, she's she's invested she's in him like, staying in power. Nobody comes to my boss. Nobody comes for my boss. No. Well, she comes for him, but um if you're a different way. <laughs> oh my god. I thought that's what you meant, Maggie. <laughs> the four of us together is such I'm a dangerous thing. There are so many things I kept my mouth shut about, I would just like to say, and I'm very proud of myself. I will say them later. Proud of you. Nice. So proud. proud. I mean, you could say them. You okay. Could. When you were saying, whatever you were saying, that you hope there was a flashback of him finding Finnick. And I was like, gonna say, yeah, that's the first time he was inside of her. Really? <laughs> Come on, are we <laughs> this is too much. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> oh my God. 
It's too much. It's, I'm very tired. I've been doing my taxes all day. Honestly, the whole time that I was watching the episode, I just kept thinking about this one fanfic that I read. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the one. It's really good. It was, people. Like, it was it was so good, and I felt like it's totally canon. It's totally canon. Like I want to believe that like Robert Rodriguez was like, oh, it updated everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, my theory is that Migna Wen read that she has an Ao3. <laughs> she used to read run. Melinda and Colson, so like, yeah. I'm so just, my girl knows she I'm read not, it and show it to Robert Rodriguez. I'm not implying anything because you know there's <laughs> limited options. But I'm just saying that this this fanfic does have Boba's armor being taken by the Jawas immediately after the Sarlacc before he ends up with the Tuscans. Not implying anything. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that there there are some people in this fandom that are highly equipped for creating really good character moments in their fanfics that then happen on screen because they understand the character. It's just a vibe. Which we would like to survive. To, we'd like to see more of this vibe. So, are we going with a uh, off topic? But like, are we going with the cliche interpretation that he was reborn from the Sarlacc pit? Oh, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Water rebirth. Birth, yeah. I you it's you know there. I don't go in much for that kind of visual imagery because I don't think everybody adheres to it. But but I do think that it was pretty. That here mm-hmm. it's pretty straightforward. I think. Yes. Yeah. Like, he has to learn to walk again. You know, yeah. he's, like, struggling walking. And, you know, he gets stripped of, like, everything. Not everything, but, you know. Having, <laughs> having watched all of Robert Rodriguez's filmography over the course of my life, I feel like he's the kind of person that would go with the the rebirth imagery and lean into a lot of that symbolism. Um, yeah, I'm like, actually uh... very... Oh, it's, I'm sorry. It's straightforward, but kids are also watching this, so it's like kids get the first yeah. like straightforward. But he, he did that kind of stuff with like Spy Kids. Like yeah. he never mm-hmm. he yeah. never like shied away from being like these kids are smart. These kids know what's happening. I mean, yeah, didn't so- didn't the kids take like a journey through water to discover their spy nature? Mm-hmm. In the first one, like he yeah. he knows they were reborn it. in that sense. Yeah, it made yeah. me think of the the Jonah and the whale imagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this transformation after being ingested by the Sarlacc and live and surviving. I could be very, very wrong, but I feel like somebody said the phrase "stranger in a strange land" is is from the Bible. Am I wrong? So it's, no, it's Exodus. It's Exodus. from Moses, but there's also a book about a man that lives on Mars that is like, and so it's it, that was named for Moses, and this was named for the book apparently. Yeah. Okay, so but it still does tie back to it. So it goes directly back to Moses. Yeah. yeah. Well, there Which, you go. Yeah, and talking about if I want to get really, really deep, we could play some Moses being misinterpreted as a different group of people, and then finding out who he really is with some Mandalorian vibes. But yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like down that. the season we're going to have to unpack the Boba is a Mandalorian issue. I don't want to get it all out now. Although right now, <clears> we'll say for the record, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, I feel like that's can anybody come up question later. that? Please yeah. rewatch the tragedy. He hasn't yes. taken the creed. He, he says that. He has that. a literal receipt, but he yeah. has a literal receipt. Like I just reread that section in this junior novel because I like just wanted to make sure my memory was correct on that. And it's very clear that like 
yes, I have not taken the creed because he does not care for about that. But his father was a Mandalorian who fought in the Mandalorian War. <laughs> yes, and a lot of people say that, oh, it contradicts what Almec said in the Clone Wars. But Almec, we know he's a turncoat. Imagine no, siding with Almec. Exactly. <laughs> And actually, I went on a, on a rant talking about the the rescue where uh, in the episode where Bo-Katan, she's uh, trashing Boba Fett. But actually, I would think that she's more onto the Empire, working with the Empire part of it. I my thing it, with my thing with Bo-Katan is that could be part of it only because. Uh-huh. She doesn't know he's Boba Fett. She just hears the voice and goes clone. And then immediately goes, okay, clone, Empire. And she's not asking about how he's still alive because the clones should have mm-hmm. all died by now. She's not, she didn't even care. So maybe for her, she's seen like, Rex. She's like, she's yeah, seen Rex. She doesn't care. So she's like, you worked for the Empire. And that's where mm-hmm. her understanding begins and ends. So yeah. she is now being hostile by being like, you're a donor and you're not a Mandalorian because, you know, she's lost her home. So she's lashing out. But. Boba gets into it with Casca, and within a minute, Bo-Katan is addressing both of them, saying, we lost our planet. Like, yeah, even Bo-Katan it, turns around on it in 90 that. seconds. Yeah, she's saying, like, if we had shown half the, that spine to the Emperor, we haven't lost our, lost our world. Yeah, and she's not talking to Casca, she's talking to both of them. Both of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like... We don't know. I mean, we know like Boba Fett's pretty well known in certain circles, but we don't know how well known but he is. It's not like Miller. she. Boba not... didn't read the script. She doesn't know it's Boba Fett. No. Yeah. Right? So I mean, he has a new paint job. It looks a little different. She didn't read the script. Uh, oh, shocking! Come on, Bo Katan Kreese didn't read the script. Yeah, she probably doesn't even know her nephew is her sister's kid. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's usually how nephews work, Maggie. <clears throat> just some unknown sibling that nobody ever talks about has a kid. It's just the, the adopted nephew. And Satine's like, yeah, I just found him. He looks yeah. just like me and this other guy I knew. This Jedi. Yeah. So don't, don't ask too many questions. I wonder how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like treating him like a son, even though like he's just supposed to be a nephew. He's just, yeah, we're just going to call him nephew. It's just some foundling kid. Yeah, Definitely gonna... not related to any of us. Nope. Nope. All right. So, Sorry. as we wind down, favorite moments of the episode? The Mayordomo, <laughs> the mayor. Okay. It was like the... interesting, the, yeah, the exchange of, oh, yeah, the tribute and all that. Oh, I appreciate was... Oh, Matt Berry being. I was going to say Matt Berry. Yeah, Matt Berry. <laughs> that was a good cameo. I sat um, straight up in bed and I was like, Matt Berry. I was like, that voice is very familiar. And also, Sam. Um, Whitworth. where was the. Uh, um, God, my brain. The Rodian. What? Rodian, yes. The Rodian. Which was a nice Easter egg. And just, you know, he's such a giant Star Wars nerd. I was like, yes, include him in everything. Seriously, every time he gets in, included and Shelby Young gets included doing a voice of something, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes. I just appreciate, like, all the, like, nonverbal communication. Yes. In this episode. That was, was the first nine silent minutes. Episode. The first yeah. nine minutes is completely, like, silent, yeah. basically. That's and fantastic. just, you know. Or non-human, non-basic is spoken. But honestly, like, yeah. when I was watching it, I was just like, look how far we've come. There's Tamara Morrison. Like, you know. 
he stood out in Attack of the Clones and he had a bit part in Re Revenge of the Sith. But I'm like, look at look at where we are. Insert the Paul Rudd gif. Oh, <laughs> look at us. Look, look at, at us. us. You know, oh yeah. Who would have thought? It's and then Ming Na. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just yeah. like yeah. these two, they're just so good together, and they're so good just as actors, and you know. And they then Robert Rodriguez. It's just it's just a dream casting crew. Yes, delivering I some love understated performances. Yeah, like I that's one of the things. Like people, I think it was in New York Times or oh, I can't believe New York Times wrote this review, but they were mm -hmm. like disparaging McNay and. Tamara and I was like they aren't big personalities because that's just they're older mm -hmm. for one they are <clears throat> mercenaries assassins they aren't going guns a, bra a blazing every single time they are subtle with their movements and I'm with their words not entirely sure what people expected like for them to come on camera and start screaming like <laughs> I don't know what they thought was going to happen. They like, are more powerful and they're quiet and they're quiet and they're silent. You yeah, know, the subtleness. It feels more mature all around. Like, compared to like other Star Wars stories, not that they don't have their own maturities, but this one kind of feels like quiet, a little more subtle, a little more like <clears throat> slow burn. So, yeah, yeah especially have to suit it. If we think about the movies, which majority of them have been following people in their late teens early 20s yeah. are the main characters it's so nice under yeah, really i mean under, den is older obviously but like these two people like they know who they are mm -hmm. but also boba's willing to change too so like, i like that i like this idea of like it doesn't matter how old you are what has happened to you you can make a change you can move you can grow yeah so I know. I like that. Honestly, there's only two places you should trust your reviews from. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Three. 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 This is Three. true. Three. Yeah. And also, I gotta say that, well, it was a short episode, but I love the music. Yes. Not with so good. Bernson. So good. I mean, obviously, it's the same composer from The Mandalorian. You hear some hints on it, but it's Really it's something. Two people. Something. There's two people working on the. Um, we talked about this on the Outer Rim Beacon the other night. So Ludwig only did themes. He did not do the whole thing. Okay. Oh. Um, it's somebody who actually who worked with him on uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, he um, did the theme. Yeah, there's like two different um, composer credits on. Hang on, let me pull it up. Um, so Ludwig did like themes. And Joseph Shirley did the actual like scoring of the scenes, which I thought was really interesting because Joseph had worked on Mandalorian. So I wondered if that had something to do with maybe Ludwig being busy with the uh, Black Panther stuff that's mm -hmm. coming out because he's doing okay. yeah. all of the composing for that as well. Um, but oh, it's such good music. It's really good. So good. I really, I, I would love if uh, the Book of Boba Fett could do what some of the other TV shows do where they like, release them after right after the episodes because like i want the music like now i don't want to wait same wait for volume one to come out Cause, yeah because yeah, wheel of time did that they would drop the episodes soundtracks every week which was really fun because you could go back and find like specific themes that were like kind of used throughout and i was like do that for the star wars i don't want to wait do it as singles and then you can do a whole album in the end and we will we will still go back exactly 
All right. So I guess right. that on that note, <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to wind this down. I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and cancel myself. Um, so Norhal, can you tell everyone where they can find you online? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Norhal. Uh, there you can find all my links on my bio, my link three. Uh, also check my YouTube channel uh, where I upload my acoustic covers and my uh, new site is Nor Reads where I post uh, book reviews and uh, rants about TV series. So yeah, please uh, check check it out. And Maggie? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. I have a link tree in my bio where you can find all of my various pursuits and where the book of Boba Fett is concerned. You can find my reviews over on Collider every Wednesday and also on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am one of the co-hosts on the Hollywood Critics Association Book of Boba Fett After Show, so you can check me out there every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All right. As for us, you can find me on Twitter at Arzuamin, and you can find Candace on Twitter at Candace is a Geek. Collectively, we are on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Geeky Waffle. And we are also at thegeekywaffle.com, which is where you can find on Wednesday afternoons my Book of Boba Fett deep dives. So those are like really getting into the nitty gritty. They are spoiler filled. If you want spoiler free, I am at Your Money Geek doing reviews in the morning. And then, yeah, so all of that is findable. And The Geeky Waffle is also on Patreon. So patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle if you want our Discord server and Waffles After Dark was where we do not censor ourselves the way we did in this episode. We just let it all come out in full. So thank you all so much for listening. Bonnick will soon be canon and may the waffles be with you. <laughs>